0: Welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Audrey the Hickman Hunter. The No Wrong Turns podcast talks to people about their story and their passions. It aims to see how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. It has been so awesome to get to hear back from listeners who have enjoyed the pod. I wanted to thank each and every one of you who are downloading and listening to the No Wrong Turns pod. If you are following us on Instagram or Facebook, you may have seen our first piece of swag our no wrong turns pod stickers i would love to send some stickers to you all my listeners for the first 10 listeners who would like to receive one of our no wrong turns pod stickers this is how you can get one. First, rate and review the podcast then take a screenshot of it then DM it to the No Wrong Turns Instagram or Facebook page, or you can email it to no wrong at gmail.com with your preferred mailing address. And I would love to send you all some stickers. Today on the podcast, we have Lauren Lane. I met Lauren when I began attending Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. In this episode, Lauren talks about her many passions that she is pursuing, like creating women's Bible studies to managing an Airbnb. Lauren shares her story on how she, as an Enneagram 7, worked on narrowing down and honing into the passions that God has given her, despite whether this is part of her vocation or not. You are going to want to lean in and not miss hearing about how Lauren developed and found her passion, passions, and began pursuing them little by little. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Lauren. So much, Lauren, for being our third guest on the No Wrong Turns podcast. I know Lauren from Moody, and she was a cool upperclassman on the floor. And my roommate Lauren and I thought, Oh I my went? gosh, this... <laughs> yeah, we thought you were cool. I mean, I still think Aww. you're cool, Aww, thank but you. that's how I know you from good old myth seven
1: mm-hmm. great,
0: great floor to be on yep. for a time. And yeah, you've just been so gracious and being our third guest so Lauren can you kind of introduce yourself let us know who you are where you're from some facts yeah, about you
2: totally well thank you so much for inviting me it's so fun to be here and to reconnect and sometimes I wish I could go back to those fun days on Smith 7 when our biggest worries were grades <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit about me, my name is Lauren Lane, and I live in San Diego, kind of I am north coastal in Encinitas, and I attended Moody, and then after graduation, was uh, offered a job back in San Diego, so unexpectedly, I came back here, and have been here ever since, that was 2011, and um, over that time, I worked at two different mega megachurches, um, both in San Diego, kind of doing a variety of things, but, um, uh, mainly high school and young adult college women's admissions. And I have been married for a couple of years now, two and a half years to my husband, Kyle. And we have one very big, very loving yellow lab named Stella <laughs> and she's <is> our baby. <laughs> so yeah, that is a little bit about me. Love it. Mm-hmm.
0: So after college, what what did you study in college? I forgot your
2: major. Yeah, so in undergrad at Moody, my degree was women's ministries, which is a real degree. <laughs> Most people don't know that. Um, but I just had a passion. When I was like 18, I... Remember being on a whitewater rafting trip in Northern California and God really spoke to me and it was like the first, most clearest direction I feel like I've ever gotten from him. And he said, you know, this passion that you have for serving young women in the church setting is actually for me. And like, this is a calling that I have for your life, which I was shocked by because I never wanted to go into ministry um but after that i just was like okay well then i guess i need to go to bible college and <laughs> get <laughs> equipped and so that is what led me to moody all the way to chicago so was that did you say that trip was when you were 18 years old yeah and so i did a couple years of community college though and then ended oh, up okay. transferring to moody i
0: was like wow you got you got in there right in the summer that's crazy
2: no i had to <laughs> wait a little longer <laughs>
0: So what did, did you have any idea before that trip you wanted to study or what you wanted to be?
2: Yeah, so originally, I've always been interested in sort of creative things. I sort of developed a hobby of refinishing furniture when I was in college. Mm. Actually, that started in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I uh, needed, I found some cheap furniture and I wanted to make it look nicer for our apartment. So I started sort of doing some of those creative things. I thought I was going to be a, an art teacher before when I first started college. And so when I felt like God really gave me that calling and direction to go into ministry, that's what I decided to pursue, you know, educationally, but I've always still had this sort of creative side where I've liked doing like interior design or just, you know, projects and things like that.
0: Nice. So after college, what was your, you said you moved back to California and what was your first job? Could you share a little bit more about that? And
2: yeah. Yeah. So I got my first job. First of all, I was just shocked that anybody offered me a ministry job and at that point they could have offered me anything and I'd be like, they want me, I'll take it. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, Um, I got offered a job working in college ministry and that ended up being just a really, it was, I mean, totally the Lord ended up being a really like formative time in my life in a couple of different ways. In one way, I was working for a ministry that was just like very successful. Like it was Mm -hmm. booming and um, my boss was a really, just a really excellent and godly leader and like a pastor to me, but also just Just a fantastic leader. And so I got to experience ministry done in a really healthy way and done really, really well with excellence. So that was a huge gift. Um, And then on the other hand, though, I was moving back home and God had a lot of things to deal with with in my heart, um, you know, here I had escaped to Chicago and <laughs> doing my own thing, but, um, coming back to San Diego, God had a lot of things that he wanted to work out in my heart. Um, just regarding, um, loneliness, friendship, who I was supposed to date money and finances cause I was barely making any money. So I had to work <laughs> two jobs and I was exhausted all the time and working all the time, but still had no money. And so I really had to work on, like, well, do I believe in God's provision? Do I believe that he's going to provide for me? Um, and what does that look like? So it was a very intense year, but a really good year. So did yeah. you just
0: have that job for one year then?
2: Yeah, about a year and a half. And then I hired at a different megachurch that was sort of close. And the reason why I say mega church is just to give, you know, people an understanding, like, really large, like... 7,000 people churches that have Mm -hmm. big staffs you know it's just different than even though I think I fit really well in like church plants and small churches worked at real big ones so Mm -hmm. yes then I got offered a job at another church so that I could have a little bit more stability in my salary and uh so yeah so I moved over there and continued doing high school and college
0: And did you say, I heard you say like women's ministry and missions. So were those like, was that uh, the same position or was that just kind of evolved after that job?
2: So missions was always part of what I did in our youth department, just because the church I was working at had a real heart for missions. Mm -hmm. So I was leading several international missions trips every year for youth um, for like seven years. So, um, going to South America, uh, Israel, a bunch of times, Cuba. So I was just taking young people and then eventually a little bit older, like young adults and adults Mm -hmm. on trips. And so, yeah. And then I also got to do some teaching in our women's ministry department too. Okay. So kind of a little bit of, kind of got to slide into a few different departments. Yeah. That sounds like a wide scope. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess you, we kind of already talked about when you felt like God was specifically telling you exactly what he wanted you to do. So can you talk about any, you kind of mentioned maybe some like t- tougher spots that you were in. Can you talk about any like hurdles that you felt like you faced like in pursuing your passion, pursuing your calling and kind of how you dealt with those?
2: Yeah, so I was a little bit unprepared, I think. Well, not I think, I know. I was a little bit unprepared to walk into a work setting where I realized that being a woman would put me at somewhat of a disadvantage in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I grew up not thinking of myself, like the way that my parents talked to me, the way that I thought about my career, never, I was never impacted by the thought of, well, as a woman though, will I be more limited in what I can do or will people respect Mm -hmm. me less or give me less opportunity? So facing that in ministry almost right away was something I don't think I was super prepared to deal with. And I think that when you mix in, you know, considering like, okay, so now we, it's not just your job, but there's this like big spiritual component to it because it's ministry and pastors and and serving people. You sort of wonder like, okay, well, you know, God, does that mean that my gifts aren't supposed to be used or what will that look like? Or am I not supposed to use my gifts unless somebody specifically asks me to or validates Mm -hmm. them? And, you know, yeah, I just really had to wrestle through that and, and also always having for a lot of years a desire to please, a desire to get approval from my boss and from people around me, and which is really easy to do in ministry, I think, whether regardless of whether you're a man or a woman. But I definitely had to really work through those things and say, okay, um, if somebody else is disappointed in me but I'm following God's will or stepping out and obeying him. Am I okay with that? And a lot of times the answer was no, you know, I don't want to disappoint people. And um, so, yes, that was definitely a huge process for me to grow through and walk through. And I, I don't think I'm totally over that or grown through that or, or it's not like, Oh, it's totally behind me. I think it's something that, maybe even I will have to wrestle with and work through in that tension for maybe the rest of my life. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Do you know the Enneagram? Yes. Are you, you a one? No, I'm a seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, when you were talking about like perfection, I mm. perfectionist, that's what I was thinking. But uh, I mean, I like getting approval and being told that I'm doing a good job too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, a, I don't think I'm a one.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's like also like this humility thing too, you know, you think like, okay, well, especially even as a woman, like, well, the humble thing to do would be to like, not, not seek, you know, a platform, not seek to step out or stand out in any way. You know, I just want to be humble. And if somebody sees something, you know, then they can like ask me to do it. And I realized that, I think a lot of times we take that idea of like, oh, I'm just being humble, but really what it is is fear. You know, we're mm-hmm. afraid. We're afraid of what, you know, someone might think about us or what their judgment will be of us. And, and fear becomes the idol. It becomes kind of like our God and like what we're measuring, what we're supposed to be doing by. And so, yeah, that was definitely a huge struggle for me throughout my time in ministry and still.
0: I really like how you just said that sometimes humility can really be masking fear. I've never really, that seems really obvious when you said it, but I've never really processed or heard that processed out loud. Or maybe if I did, I wasn't listening. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I really, really like the way you said that. So you kind of talked about your, your passion being women's ministries and, but you kind of talked about a few other passions. So can Mm -hmm. you share kind of and highlight um, those for us as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's the true Enneagram seven, lots of passion. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's also been a challenge for me is to, and, and something I've worked with, with worked through with a lot of college students is understanding that my job or my education is not, that doesn't mean that's like the final word. That's the only thing you'll ever be able to put your time and energy and devotion into. Right. Mm -hmm. Like even like educationally, like thinking for me about, pursuing theological education and getting my master's like that for me was huge. And like, I, I could see God leading in that way. It was a desire of mine, but then I also like had all these other interests and desires and realizing like, it's okay to let those grow and flourish next to your job and maybe whatever, if you have like a specific ministry calling. And so For me, that's kind of just looked like a lot of different things. (laughs) And also another interest for me that I never really thought of before was sort of like an entrepreneurial spirit, um, which kind of goes alongside of that creativity well. Um, And so even over the past few years, I've been exploring like a lot of different things, like realizing like, hey, this passion for ministering to women. All right. You know, there might be a traditional way that that looks. And a lot of times that's working at a church. I think for a variety of reasons, a lot of those types of jobs are becoming less and less available. And so I had to think like, okay, well, if a church doesn't necessarily come out and say, hey, we want to hire you to do women's ministry, does that mean that that calling isn't valid? And I had to realize, no, it isn't. So like, what, how can I creatively still pursue that calling in a way that is, yeah, that's like different? than maybe just kind of being stuck in my cookie cutter box. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been able to like learn a lot of things about um, just marketing, digital marketing, um, online, social media, stuff that I wasn't super interested in before. And (laughs) uh, even like some graphic design stuff and video and video editing and like all of these things that I, I didn't learn that formally in school ever. And yet like, I had this interest and this desire. And so I kind of pursued that and learning a lot of those things. Um, and then of course, like I love like design and decorating. So I just go crazy in my house (laughs) (laughs) and like help people help friends and, um, you know, just change up my house so constantly that my husband's like, I can't take it. No, (laughs) He loves it. He doesn't mind, but like, I'll be like, all right, I think we need a new rug. (laughs) I think I saw, was it you
0: who had like the, Airstream trailer or
2: yeah. Uh-huh.
0: That
2: you you bought it. Yep. And thankfully, so Kyle was on board with that one. Um, because he had one of those all the years he was growing up, and it was like such a special memory to him that when (laughs) one went for sale in our neighborhood, he was like, Oh my gosh, like it was like a dream, like you know, for him that we would do that with our family. So yeah, but I definitely with that one bit off more than I thought. (laughs) <laughs> with the renovation process on that one. But yeah, I just well, thought- the after photos looked great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just fun for me to find like those types of projects and to have that outlet. And there's been seasons in my life where I haven't been able to have those creative outlets. You know, when I was getting my master's and working full time and commuting super far, I didn't have as many opportunities to like let that creative side out. And so I think that's what I've learned is just to take you know, take advantage of the opportunities that you do get in those seasons when you can do some of those extra passions that you love. Mm
0: -hmm. Can you talk about what you are, you kind of, we, I guess we kind of highlighted maybe a few, but can you talk about specifically what you're doing now and what that kind of looks like in your day-to-day
2: or week-to-week? Yeah. So six months ago, my husband, he was in ministry. The ministry closed. He got a new job. And right at that time, we just felt like the Lord was leading me to quit um, my job working in ministry at a church. And so I did. And after that, I kind of started on this journey of like, okay, well, what does it look like for me to continue to, yeah, to minister to women? What would that look like? So I've done a few different things and explored some different things. So it started with writing a devotional journal for women. And so that's in print format it's still available, um, on my website. And then I started to, um, just try to use social media to, to reach out to women and to minister to them. And then that led me to do some, learn YouTube and start putting out some YouTube (laughs) videos, which was fun. And right now what that looks like, um, is I have a daily, um, Facebook group. Well, it's a, every month now I do a different study and, um, every morning I go on and just do a quick 10 minute video and give some scripture direction. And so, yeah, so I have women on there and, and we just walk through a different portion of the Bible or scene. And so, yeah, so that's kind of been what like my interest there has been just creating Christian content for women to encourage them spiritually and exploring, like, what does that look like? You know, what is like the best avenue to do that? And then, um, on the side, I manage an Airbnb, which is so random, (laughs) but we, I manage an Airbnb. And then I also work part-time for Stitch Fix as a stylist.
0: Is that, do you go somewhere or is that at your, do you just are able to do it on your computer at home?
2: Yeah. It's remote. So you can do it at home. So that's what we had prayed for that God would just give us the ability and give me the ability to continue doing, you know, women's ministry and stuff like that and not have to like commute again or commit like a lot of hours to, um, a job. So that's been really cool. Um, especially coming from like the past five years of my life where like living my life with no margins and um you know just being like insanely busy all the time
0: that's awesome yeah that sounds fun I know like stitch fix and all those like different kind of boxes are becoming really popular but I've yeah. never met a stylist of I them. know <laughs> well, I've
2: never got I had never gotten one of the boxes so it was kind of fun when I got the job so Ooh, fun. yeah, yeah.
1: Hunt and Gather Resale is a pop-up shop bringing you the very best of pre-loved women's clothing, jewelry, shoes, and accessories. Hunt and Gather offers name brands such as Anthropologie, Kate Spade, Banana Republic, Nordstrom, Madewell, J. Crew, Loft, and many, many more, all in one place at a fraction of the retail cost. Hosting a pop-up shop is perfect for a girls' night or fundraiser and a great way to bring some new pizzazz to your wardrobe. Buying resale is the new black. If you would like to host a pop-up shop and earn up to 20% of sales or give a portion back to your favorite charity, email Kathleen underscore Himes at Comcast dot net. That's C-A-T-H-L-E-E-N underscore H-I-M-E-S at Comcast dot net.
0: So what do you think, your passions, uh, what do you think are some things that helped you become successful or helped you uh, to, I guess, be more focused on your passions?
2: Yes. Okay. I think that the biggest thing that I've had to learn is to don't be afraid to take the baby steps. Don't be afraid to do those small things that are going to lead you in the direction you want to go. And one thing that that, so this was right after I graduated from Moody, um, I had a mentor in my life, which I'll, by the way, that's a great thing to do. If you're sifting through your passions is to make sure that you have mentors and people in your life that can really give you solid advice and encouragement, and especially people who are pursuing their own passions and like doing it really, you know, well, um, but I had a mentor at the time and this opportunity came up for me to rent out a like little space in a shop that sell- sold furniture and like home goods. And so I told her about it and I said, yeah, I just don't know. It sounds kind of stressful. And she said, how can you not do that? That's so in line with, you know, who you are. And she said, you might as well just put yourself out there. Cause what's the worst that can happen that it doesn't work out? you know, and, and if it doesn't, that'll be okay. But, but you'll know that you like tried something Mm -hmm. and it just like really impacted me. I'm like, yeah, like what's the worst that could happen? And so I did that. I had this space for about a year and a half and it just putting myself out there in that way. It like totally changed my whole perspective, you know, and like gave me this like a little bit more confidence and like, okay, you know what, like I can kind of take some of those steps of faith instead of like, yeah, being afraid and and holding myself back. And that's totally been a process for me over the past couple of years too, is just, you know, just taking those tiny, tiny steps. Cause a lot of times we have these big dreams or a big goal and we think like, well, how am I ever going to get to that goal? And it just seems like so much bigger than we can wrap our mind around and we're too afraid to like do what we need or we just see the limitations of why we can't get there. When I think a lot of times God's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But like, I, you know, here's the vision, but, but you need to be taking those little steps of faith because you're not going to be able to handle the big vision down here if you haven't like grown through the, that process of, yeah, growing in like faith and taking mm-hmm. risks. I like
0: I like what you said there. It reminded me of, you know, Christine Kane. Uh yeah, yeah. So I heard her speak a few times and one of the times um, she was talking about just taking like kind of like step by step, little bit by little bit. She said, I know a lot of you may, you know, be looking at me and saying, wow, she's got so many things going on. There's so much happening, but this didn't all happen to me at once. You know, mm-hmm. I was like a lowly youth leader and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can really relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> it was totally. like, I was just, you know, trying to make a difference for Jesus, but I was doing like little by little and then I got like more and more. Um mm-hmm like as I was like stewarding the little that I had. Wow. Right.
2: right. Totally. And yeah. And I think too, like in the midst of that, like stewarding the little, like even in that you can like let yourself play it super safe and like not step out and try to be as comfortable as possible. Or you can like, yeah, have that, that attitude of like, no, I'm going to step out. Like maybe God's putting it on your heart to like, do a little something different in that small group in that youth group. Like, okay. So like, that's from the Lord and maybe it's different. Like, do you have the courage and the faith to be like, I'm going to suggest this, you know, Mm -hmm. and like try something different because Mm -hmm. you know, that's when God sees us being faithful with the little, like that's when he, you know, really starts to, yeah, give us more and more and to give us more opportunities and to like impact people for the kingdom, you know, for his glory.
0: So now I kind of want
2: to shift
0: a little bit, and um, maybe if you kind of talked a little bit about this already, but if you could kind of maybe highlight some common myths that surround your passion, and just kind of what you've learned from that.
2: Mm, Yeah, so I don't know if this is particular for a woman in ministry. I don't think that it necessarily is, but yeah, I kind of mentioned it before that, Sometimes I think that we have this idea that in order for us to operate in our gifting or do something that maybe we feel called to, that somebody else has to see that in us. They have to specifically ask us to do it. They have Mm -hmm. to offer us a job to do it. They have to say, we're going to give you money to do this thing. And, and we think that if nobody does that, then maybe it's not valid. And like, well, no one's going to hire me to do that. So I guess it's not really worth doing. And um, yeah, I've just had to learn that, you know, most of the time, unfortunately, even in ministry, people are in their own worlds, you Mm know, (laughs) like they're in their own world, they're doing their own things. And even as a, even your boss might not like, have a heart to, like, look at you and say, like, hey, what is, like, what's the next step for you? Like, what could you do that, you know, what's on your heart to do? That might not be the situation that you're in. And, or it could be, which is great, but um, for a lot of people, it's not. And so, it's just so important that no matter what you're doing, even if your job isn't necessarily your life passion, like, that's okay. Like, that's great. If, you know, if you have a job and it's providing for you, then, then, and you know that that's where God has you, you're being faithful. So in the midst of that, though, is there something though, that maybe God is calling you to, that's like that passion, that burden, that fire that you have. And is there a way that you can, you know, find a way to pursue that passion, pursue that calling? In, in whatever way that looks like. It could start out small and then it could mm-hmm. grow or it could start out in one way that you think like, oh, maybe it'll look like this. And then you realize like, uh, maybe not that. And so you try a little different you know road or a little different option. Yeah. But um, yeah, especially as women, I think we need to like, like really be sensitive to like, all right, what has God put on my heart? What's he called me to and burden me for, burden me with? And mm-hmm. how can I in a, even in a little way take a step to, you know, pursue that. This wasn't one of the
0: questions that I had asked, but it just came to mind. How do you know, because you talked about a couple of different times when you knew God told you you were going to Moody or going to women's ministry and like, kind of like clearly spoke to you. How did you know that that was him? And yeah, how did you know in those times, just Mm -hmm. to kind of check that this isn't just my, you know, great idea that I thought of, um, but this is really God behind there.
2: Yeah, totally. Well, I think that God is always on the move in our hearts in ways that a lot of times we're not very aware of. Also, because I don't know if we're always very good at looking for him um, mm-hmm. in that way. And a lot of the times when a girl would come to me and say, "You know, yeah, I have this desire or this passion for teaching. And it's just like, really, I, I, this is what I desire, but is that really what God wants for me? Like, what if he wants something different and this is just me and I'm just pursuing like my own thing. And I would always tell them, I'm like, Hey, let's not discount the ministry of the spirit in your heart right now. That's like, really he, I mean, he's there, he's in your heart. And if, you know, if you're a believer, if you're walking with him. And so in my mind, if you have that desire placed there and you have a desire to help students, you care about young people, you want to help them grow. That sounds like the, the moving of the spirit to me. You know, mm-hmm. like he's he's created us. He knows us intimately. Maybe he's the one stirring that and making you aware of that right now. And so, of course, like, are there going to be moments when uh, it's about you and you're having <laughs> a selfish moment? Yes, <laughs> like, yes, it will. Spoiler alert. Um, but does that mean that? you're supposed to take steps back and question everything and say, Oh no, maybe this wasn't. No. Um, I think that God gives us those desires. He moves us in certain directions and he's so gracious with us. Like when we have those moments of failing where we've turned it and we feel like, Oh, I'm being selfish or this is about me. Like, he's like, okay, great. Like come to me and we're going to keep on walking. Like you're going to repent and and we're going to move on forward. And so, Yeah, for me, when I felt like God gave me that direction for ministry, I was just asking him for that direction. I was praying because I just wasn't certain what I I was Mm -hmm. confident in exactly what I was supposed to do. And so I was asking him like over and over, like, please, God, like, you know, just show me what I'm supposed to do. Just give me the direction. And part of that, I think, again, there may have been a little fear in there because I didn't have the confidence to say, like, I want to do this or I have a heart for this or whatever. And so that's something we need to be aware of. Sometimes when we're paralyzed and we can't make a move, and we're saying, "Well, I'm," you know, we're getting so in our head, and we're like, "Did God call me to this?" It's because we think that maybe if we hear God's audible voice, that that's what will will know that we're not mm-hmm. making a mistake, and um, that nothing will go wrong, <laughs> that it'll all be easy. When really, you know, this. God's saying like, no, I've, um, I've given you wisdom. I've given you passions. I'm giving you a calling and I'm present with you in every step of that. Though, you know, I think that's what taking footsteps of faith ends up looking like a lot of times.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing and letting me put you on the spot for a second. What do you think are some of the most common reasons for people to either fail or to give up their uh, passion in ministry?
2: Mm. In ministry specifically,
0: or any of your passions
2: <sighs> common reasons that we fail, yeah, I think yeah when when we elevate other people's opinions, and it's just so hard, you know, if you sense any type of judgment from even just like one person, sometimes mm-hmm. I think we just like hone in on that instead of yeah. the twenty people that we're affirming mm-hmm. and <laughs> like encouraging to you. And so we were like, oh, no, like, what if this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing? Or what if I am terrible at this? And what's funny and what we need to remember is that, like, everyone was terrible at one point. You know, I think about, like, if I were to sit around and say, well, I can never teach women because I'm not Lisa Turkhurst. (laughs) well okay yeah but you know what Lisa Turkers, like at one point like she had a small ministry too like she was just Mm -hmm. ministering to people that were around her and sure did it look like as amazing and polished as someone who'd been doing that for like 20 or 30 years no but was she being faithful and was God using her yeah and so sometimes like we think that in order for us to think that we're being used and we're doing the right thing or the successful thing is that we have lots of people that are super impressed with us. And Mm -hmm. I think God's definition of success is a lot different than that. And his definition of success is, are you just being faithful where you're at to do what you're supposed to do? And if that's blessing one person, then, then you might be right in the will of God. So, yeah, I think sometimes we just get discouraged. We think success is supposed to look a certain way. We have an expectation for it.
0: Yeah. When you were saying um, that part about just, uh, like, hearing one person uh, have, like, a negative thing. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, a teacher, I remember hearing that for every negative thing a student hears, that to kind of balance it out, they needed seven positive things. Wow. So that's a quite a scale Mm -hmm. so just one negative thing and I can even see that now like in my adult life when I hear something Mm -hmm. negative that's what I'm holding on to not the 20 people that said oh good job or something like that
2: yes it's easier to do that's why you need to have those people around you that can like reaffirm like encourage you and like affirm you and they Mm -hmm. like they see what you're doing they see like God working in you and they like give you that like yeah, keep going, you know, yeah, cheerleaders. Yes, exactly.
0: So what do you uh, wish you had known when you first started out on this uh, path? What's um, some things that you wish you had known at the start?
2: Some Things I wish I had known. I think that I wish I had known that we are all broken people, and that we all have a past. And that impacts Uh, the way that we act and behave. And when I was younger, I just had a lot of expectations for my coworkers and the people around me. And I thought that they were supposed to act a certain way and be a certain way. And, and my own identity was even wrapped up in that, you know, again, like, do they approve of me? Or am I doing the right thing? And as I've grown older, I've just had to remind myself, and, and I've had to learn this lesson over and over that, That no one's perfect and that, yeah, that we're all, we're all growing and we're all working through things and we're at different stages of that. And so Mm -hmm. it's really hard to like learn how to be a person who's like gracious to others in the midst of that, especially when it really personally affects you, Mm -hmm. but definitely learning forgiveness (laughs) and forgiveness and grace towards other people and and where they're at and for even for myself. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so so
0: much for um, just sharing just about your story and your uh, many passions as a seven.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: <laughs> but before I let you go, I have one question that I'm kind of ending all of the all of the podcasts with, and that is what is fueling you. What is fueling, or uh, what what are fueling your many passions? Mm-hmm. So that could be anything from a new coffee order to a new book or a new favorite part of town you discovered. So what's mm-hmm. fueling
2: you? Yes. So um, what's fueling me is my my morning small group, which is available and open for anyone to join, even though. We're in week two this time, but um, it's a Facebook group and you can join on my website too. If you go to laurenlane.net, there's a a tab that says join the group and I'll take you to the (laughs) Facebook group. Um, So I love that group because I love connecting with women and God has just given me opportunities to do that and he knows what fuels me. And so that's been really exciting for me and just brightens my day every single day. And the second thing that fuels me, this is so weird, but I... I love to travel and I'm like one of those nerds who like collects points because I like to travel for free as much as possible (laughs) and so uh, I'm like always planning a new crazy trip even if we don't go on it I'll like I'll do like (laughs) a rough outline to present to my husband (laughs) like we could go here and it could be like this and so that is something that I do pretty regularly very fun
0: what's your favorite place that you've traveled so far Oh, my or one of here.
2: your favorite places yeah I love Southeast Asia totally unexpected oh the first time I went is because I was going to visit Lauren our friend Lauren Oh, so fun I was living there in Laos and after that I like fell in love and I had to bring my husband back and we loved it so much so just I love the people and it's so beautiful very true awesome
0: well, thank you so much for sharing with us. So I don't know, is it just your website that people can find you or follow you on? Or do you have any yeah, other platforms
2: you yeah, like to share? So, <laughs> yeah, they can go onto my website, laurenlane.net. Um, also, I am on social media. I'm on Instagram at Lauren Michelle Lane and Facebook also at Lauren Michelle Lane. So, yeah, anyone can go on there, find me. I love to post on Instagram and um, connect with people on there. So, I would love to meet you on
0: there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and for uh, sharing about your passions. Yeah, thank you. Friends, I loved getting to chat with Lauren and hear about her many different passions. I hope that we're all encouraged about how Lauren juggled developing her passions in the seasons of life she found herself in. You may be like Lauren and have several different interests and passions, and I would challenge you to take some of Lauren's advice and find a mentor who's also pursuing their passions, as well as taking steps and making moves, little by little. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what He might be leading you to. Thanks for listening to the No Wrong Turns Pod with me, Audrey the Hickman Hunter, your host. If you like our show and want to know more, check our Instagram out at No Wrong Turns Pod and our Facebook page at, you guessed it, No Wrong Turns Pod. And if you can, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. This helps other people to be able to see the podcast when they are searching in the app. Remember, if you would like a No Wrong Turns sticker, to rate and review the pod, screenshot it, and DM it to me with your preferred mailing address. Lastly, as I was checking out the analytics to be able to see where people are downloading the pod um, and from what platforms, I saw that we had some new downloads from some new countries in Canada and one in the Czech Republic, so I wanted to give our international listeners a shout out. Thanks for your listen, and thank you all for listening. Join us in two weeks for our next episode drop. See our show notes for music credits.